You're listening to the Ringside Podcast. Welcome to Ringside. The show that brings you all that is pro wrestling news, interviews, and opinions. Mama, mama, me! Really? Woo! We got two words for ya! Oh, yeah! With Daniel Spencer. Acknowledge me. Jeremy Woman. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. And Linda Kay. Are you boys ready for the grind? And now, let's ring the bell and start the show. Welcome to the Ringside Podcast. I'm Daniel Spencer. And I'm Linda Kay. No Jeremy Woman. I don't know what I did to, to deserve this. This has been amazing. I'm so excited that no Jeremy's on the show. No, I'm just, I'm really just teasing. Um, Jeremy's been, has a very, very busy week and, um, um, and, and dealing with some family stuff and unfortunately couldn't make it. This was kind of a last minute. We had this plan scheduled, this, uh, this interview, um, today and, um, but, well, we just didn't know the exact date, and it just kind of worked out where we was able to do it, and unfortunately, Jeremy couldn't make it. So, um, he'll be back next week, though, unfortunately, or fortunately for everybody. How you like No. That? Looking forward to having Jeremy back on. Hope everything's all good with him. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, today, we have a very, we're going to talk about some other stuff, but I just want to say today, we have a very special guest. Um, it's the current OVW Rush Division champion. The one and only certified Luke Curtis. He's going to be on the show today, and I'm I'm curious to hear his story and and his thoughts on pro wrestling and what what so far has taken him. He's you know he's also uh, engaged to the baddie, the lovely uh, Layla Gray, uh, AEW and OVW is Layla Gray. So it'll be interesting to you know hear a little bit about their relationship and perspective. And although. We are recording this as probably Layla Gray would be on TV, but um, so uh, you know as we're recording this, uh, AEW Dynamite is going to be airing. So we'll try to, if anything happens in the middle of that that we need to go cut through or talk about, we'll we'll bring that up as we've done before when we record it. But before we do all that, though, Linda, um, we've uh, we've had a little interesting week in pro wrestling since or a week and a half, I guess, or two weeks since we. After David Penzer was on, we uh, we kind of took a little holiday break, and then yeah, a bunch of other stuff happened. So let's we want to talk about that and discuss some of the happenings that happened in the world of pro wrestling. Absolutely, and might I say, happy post Thanksgiving to you, Daniel. Yeah, happy post Thanksgiving to you. I hope you had a well Thanksgiving, a good one, and um, and uh, ate lots of food like I did. Um, mm-hmm. I gained weight, lost it all, then gained it again. So, hey, whatever, you know, it happens. <laughs> well, I mean, we had a busy Thanksgiving week down in the Ville due to Thanksgiving Thunder as well. Yes. I mean, that, I, that seemed like it was so long ago, but it was just last week. It was a week ago. Thanksgiving Thunder was, a, I think, it was, I think it's a good show, uh, successful show. It was good. Um, and then, did you go to, you, you've been before to WrestleCade, but you didn't go this year, correct? Actually, no, I had not made it to wrestle 
cade ever it is a bucket list item i've been to various conventions throughout the country but that is one i have not made yet i'm gonna tell you what i I know you were there yeah i was there uh impact we did a um uh, we did IPWF there, and then we had a booth uh, on the Saturday, or booths, I should say, is multiple. We had a section, um, different signings and whatnot, and stuff there. So I worked that as well. I will say this: like, um, I have been to WrestleCon, I've been to Starcast, um, I think there's other wrestling conventions I've been to in the past. This by far, and I've heard this before. I've heard this from many different people. They've explained they love this one, this is great, or whatnot. But this, by far, is the best wrestling convention. Bar none. Um, I know it's not around WrestleMania. I know you have, you know, when you get around WrestleMania, you do get the WWE talent that are there, too. I mean, we had a few at JBL, who's currently on WWE programming. He was there and uh, things like that. But, I mean, you legit, like, WrestleCon, you get some other stars. I get that. I get that it's hard to compete. Because everybody's there, right? And this was this weekend. I think you would have had others there if it wasn't that the fact that you had Boston was running um, Survivor Series War Games, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, that same weekend or same, you know. So I get that, but this was it's ran great. It's fun. It's you're not. It, it was crowded and busy, but it wasn't like you had room to walk and move around in this convention. Like, you know, and there's hotels all around. So everyone's staying around. And there was a, <clears throat> it was like a, uh, uh, one of the bar areas, like hotel lobby areas that had mixture of fans and workers and wrestlers and talent and whatnot. But it wasn't like a weird, we're like, Oh my gosh, there's fans here. It was really kind of a cool laid back atmosphere. Um, highly recommend going so next year. Linda, maybe you'll have a booth. Maybe you'll have the Linda K booth. You know, <laughs> can only hope. Yeah, sponsored I, I by Collar and Elbow, right? Because they were there. Maybe you're a sponsor. Yeah. Which which sponsors this show? Which, by the way, shout out to Collar and Elbow. We we sold some merchandise the last couple of weeks. So, using our promo code, so go to CollarNelbowBrand.com. Use promo code Ringside. I'll cover the letters. You save ten percent, and you help the Ringside podcast out. We haven't done that in a while. And I wanted to put that over. Thank you for those who have purchased. We get holidays coming up. Great new merchandise on the thing uh, on the on the on the on the collar and elbow, and again use promo code Ringside. You help this podcast out, keep it afloat because we want to keep it free for you. And uh, so thanks again for that. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, maybe we'll get a collar and elbow to sponsor your booth, and you can have a Linda K booth there, and and uh, you know take pictures, sign autographs, the whole nine yards, right? Oh, I would love that. Let's make that happen. It's a year from now, so uh, we got some time to make some, some, some things happen, some right? Make well, how about happen. you, Daniel? You need your own, like, oh no, no, like, no. Bigger, like yeah, you do. No, it was funny. Was I had a person message me that wanted to sponsor me and buy my booth? Legit, like they they've sponsored me before and different things. And, mm-hmm. I, and I go, and I said, uh, I don't need a booth. I'm going to be there with Impact and kind of helping run their booth. I don't need my own booth. They're like, no, for real. Let's let's. I'll get you a booth. And I'm like, no, no, no. Um. I, you know, I mean, I would feel like I need to do it with like other referees, you know, like me and mm. other people. Like I think Aubrey Edwards was there, but Aubrey was like linked up with um, the major players and uh, and Heath, and like they were all in the same section. So like that would be what I would want to do. I would want to do it like with other people. I would. I don't think I specifically need my own booth, but like you know, maybe a Colin Elbow booth with me there, Linda there, and Siggy Dice or something like that. We can all yeah the spot that that works for me. We can make that oh, happen. Yeah. Um, so 
but it's fun. I highly, again, highly recommend. It. Even even if you don't have a booth, go and and network and have a good time. I think you would enjoy it for sure. So I was um, reunion at those kind of conventions. Oh, reunion, yeah. reunion, hundred percent reunion. Yeah, everybody was getting was seeing each other for a while and. Uh, people that I ain't seen in a while, like I saw Gustavo, who used to be with OVW, and ain't seen him in months, and I think he's been gone for uh, at least nine months to a year, and it was great seeing him. So, yeah, tons of tons of reunions, and you know, you know those kind of things. So those those are those are fun for sure. I think the next big one, um, wrestle, uh, like wrestling convention, is WrestleCon, probably Mania during in LA, and I. I don't know if I'll be there yet or not. It just depends on if I'm booked more uh, and there's a chance and uh, we'll see. But I, uh, regardless, I'm excited for what's to come in 2023. So, uh, yeah. all right, let's, um, let's, let's discuss a little, did you watch war games? Survivor Series Absolutely. War games? What it, which, oh, yeah. So we'll kind of touch base a little bit because I don't want to spend too long on this. I want to get to Luke Curtis and not, uh, spend some more time on him. But, um, What's your thoughts on on uh, war games? Well, great storytelling uh, to really finish off this show. I mean, the whole time, obviously, with war games. I mean, some of us are already familiar with it, whether you know, just most recently with NXT or you know, obviously years prior. Uh, but I definitely enjoyed having the women kick it off. It's a great introduction to those who may not be as familiar with how war games works. Got to see that. You still have some of that that um that traditional survivor series feel in a way i know it's not the you know five on five tag and tag out it's got some unique elements to it but Mm -hmm. it definitely kicked off the show huge um we also closed with war games and obviously there was more to that we saw um just going back the night prior on smackdown the whole thing with sammy Zayn and ko we had sammy telling jay uso that he didn't talk to anybody about you know what was going on in fact he did so that put him in a sticky situation uh the night of war games however as we saw and i don't want to jump too far i don't know if you want we're planning on discussing things um you know match by match but we saw quite a uniting uh between sammy and the rest of the bloodline i mean it was huge you saw he put his body in the line yeah had a lot to do with the bloodline getting that win and we saw the hugs Apparently, this is you know you're giving the people what they want on various wrestling programs, but uh, yeah, that, that did it. So uh, we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll touch base. The women's war games I thought was very well done. I enjoyed it. Um, you know they they told a couple different two or three different stories within that match. I thought it was great mm-hmm. from Nikki to to Alexa. Then your your Mia and your um, and your and your Rhea, and then you you have your of course the. Um, um, Bianca with the, um, with this danger, uh, is it, is it damage, damage control? And then of course, Becky coming back, which also damage control was like from that, from SummerSlam moment. That was our first interaction or second, I guess, technically from Friday Night SmackDown, but yeah, great storytelling there. Um, I mean, and then, but, but then you have the, um, you know, I thought the, I thought the Finn and AJ match was great. So there's nothing, you know, it wasn't, um, it was it was a great great match. I didn't really I wasn't really into the women's title match, um, but then you then you watch um, um, the triple threat: uh, Bobby Lashley, Big Bob, as uh, Seth Rollins likes to call him, uh, Big Bob, Austin Idol, and uh, Austin Theory, Austin Idol, <laughs> Austin Theory, 
and um, and uh, Seth Rollins, your champion uh, for the U.S. title, and uh, I thought the storytelling and the, what they did in the match was great, and I love the finish. I really did. Mm-hmm. I love that Bob, you know, Seth was doing that um, uh, superplex and going with another. Um, I, I'm trying to remember if he. I think he brings them. I'm trying to remember what Falcon. I, he does something, and then he. But anyways, he got speared by Bobby, and then it led. The theory, like putting his shoulder over top of him for the one, two, three. I was, I was like, this is great. That was, that was a great way to win uh, for know. him, especially the, the last couple of weeks for Austin Theory. Yeah, you knew this was coming eventually, and I was like, oh, if they make this habit of Survivor Series, that would be huge for him, and indeed it did. So yeah, and it makes it look like he is his, you know, unsuccessful cash in doesn't matter because he still got the title. You know what I mean? Like it, it he still walked away three weeks later with the title. So. Um, but yeah, it was great. And then of course the man's war games, as you were talking about the great storytelling there with the Sammy and all throughout the night, you know, the different pre-tapes you talked about with, uh, with, with Jay and then with Roman and then the way they did it in the ring and then the, the him and him and him and, uh, Kevin Owens dynamic and how that came about. And it was really good. I mean, I, I was like, this is, this is, uh, I like this. This is going, this is going well. So I, I'm curious to see. Of course, we saw again on Monday Night Raw a little more of that bleed over. And I'm curious just to see, like, where, uh, where this is going. Like, like, I almost don't want them to break up yet where they t- turn on Sammy or Sammy turns on them. Whatever happens. I think we can ride this out all the way for a while. I don't, it, it makes me think that almost now, like, you could do a Sammy versus Roman at WrestleMania if that's where you're going. If, that, if that's the direction you're going, to Sammy being the one that like eventually battles Roman, like you know, um, granted it could be the Royal Rumble too. I mean, I, you know, I'm uh, if they if it is going to be Rock and Roman, whatever. But yeah, um, I mean, uh, how about potentially even talks of potentially once above line does turn on Sammy, you get Sammy and KO against the Usos. Are they the ones to take the tag titles? Off the Usos as well down the line. Yeah, yeah, that that, that could happen as well. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think eventually, uh, you know, or could it be Sammy pulls, you know, um, Jay? I mean, think about this dynamic. Jay is against was always against Sammy, and now maybe Jay has earned his trust. Maybe what if all this time Sammy pulls Jay away from them from the bloodline, like he's with and they, you know, I, I don't know, just. I mean, it, it could that would be a different that would be something that you wouldn't see coming. Although I just brought it up, so now people are going to think about it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's also Sola Sokoa who doesn't say much. I mean, yeah, oh know? yeah, yeah. The only one of the things too, though, and I got to say that I I saw I heard this on Busted Open Radio is that I, I when it comes to war games match, I don't think you need all the weapons, and I agree with that. They were bringing it up. They were like, we, the cage is the weapon. What are you doing? We don't need – you didn't see that in earlier War Games matches, and I think that we've seen that lo- lately in NXT and got used to it. I think they could have done – I think especially with the storytelling with um, with the girls that for sure I don't think needed it because they have the three different stories, but I think you could have got away with not having it in the guys match either, um, and you could have – but, I mean – Again, I get why they do it because it's it's a cage match. Why not take weapons in there? Anything goes. But I think you can utilize the cage more as a weapon than they did. Although they did use it quite a bit too. But yeah, but it was overall I enjoyed the pay per view. I thought it was decent. I thought I was happy with uh, with the um, 
uh, with them bringing back war games. And I don't know if that's going to keep that. I mean, maybe they do war games and they brought it up. Maybe maybe traditional Survivor Series matches come back, which you could have had one this year with the um, with instead of doing Finn versus AJ, you could have done you know a traditional Survivor Series match with with those factions. You know, with Judgment yeah. Day and and the OC could have easily done that. Um, and I thought that's where they were going actually the whole time, and then they they put the girls and the with the and other stuff, and then put the uh, put the guys in the singles. I, I I literally thought they were going to a traditional Survivor Series match, and that would have been a good dynamic having a girl in one in on each side. That that would have been mm-hmm. you know, that yeah been, um, yeah. I was watching the um, the post show post um, yeah post conference post gosh. Pro show press conference. Thank you. Um, and Triple H was on there and he did discuss, like, that was actually a question um, one of the um, yeah. journalists did ask after, is that the plan moving forward? And he just said, you know, we're just going to, I was, it was obviously successful using this right. War Games formula and just how the amount of tickets sold. And obviously, I'm sure um, just view, viewership as well. But um, something they're going to just analyze and see. But um, that would be unique. But I would, if they do move forward with uh, war games at every Survivor Series, I would hope for at least one more traditional one. Just to yeah, you could, you could do it. Going. It could be done. It could be done. It's mm-hmm. easy to be done. Um, and then, of course, we the week before we had uh, AEW's fall uh, full gear, and then the night before that we had uh, Impact's uh, Overdrive. So a lot happened mm-hmm. there with um, an Overdrive. We'll start with that. Josh Alexander, uh, def- you know, uh, defeating uh, Frankie Kazarian and keeping the title. But then Bully Ray came out, did call his shot, let him know I'm going to do it at Hard to Kill um, in, in Atlanta on J- January 13th, Friday, January the 13th uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. But then after that, attacked him and then ended up attacking his wife too as well. And it's just the whole man. He, you know, he he was, um, you know, just like um, just like Bully, like he's. He showed that who he really is there, but he did. He did promise. He did do the thing he promised. He promised that he would tell him face to face and shake his hand and let him know. And he did it. He just he didn't the other stuff that happened. He wasn't um, quite um, promising. Um, but then um, and then you've got um, at full gear. You had tons of stuff happen. Uh, Soraya had a you know had a, had a first met one beat uh, Britt Baker. But but the main thing, the main story of all that is the fact that AJ, AJ blah, 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 MJF defeated Moxley with the help of William Regal, Sir William Regal, um, to become the AEW World Champion. So, um, you know, I'm 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 curious to see where they're going with this and the story and how they're going to do this and with Moxley and all that. And but I, I'm I like MJF a lot, and I think uh, I think there's going to be some musty TV coming up soon. Yeah, I mean, going into a full gear weekend, I, I had a feeling MJF would be leaving as the champ. However, I did not see William Regal being a big part of that. So that right. was a huge shock. I think my jaw dropped watching that. Like, holy crap. So, right. I mean, hey, let's, let's bring another unique element to this whole storyline. And then also, I mean, I know as we speak, um, I'm not sure. I mean, last week we didn't get MJF at Dynamite, but um, him being an indie um Curious to see what gets discussed there. You know, will Lou and Regal be out with him? And Moxley, I, I, I just am excited for this. It definitely brings another new element um, to everything here. And, and as, as a new champion, you know. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Uh, and then after that, we, t- we teased it earlier. Um, OVW Thanksgiving Thunder happened. We have a new OVW heavyweight champion. Shira defeated 
uh, cash flow in the match to become champion. Um, Luke Curtis, we'll have to ask him. He didn't show up. Um, he was going to take on um, Cal Hero, which Cal Hero is going to get his rematch this week at OVWT, or get his match, I should say, at OVWTV. But, um, but yeah, this um, interesting to see there, um, you know, um, what what happens in that and what his reasons is. But, again, Shira is the OVW heavyweight champion. Cashflow is still your national heavyweight champion, so the titles are no longer since uh, – since uh, they were taken from uh, James Storm, uh, since he beat Shira and then beat um, Omar, James Storm has held on to both of those titles and then later Cash won them both. And now this is the first time in a few months that they've been back to split as separate titles. So I'm um, I'm actually um, happy to see them back split, not not unified or combined. Um, and I don't know, but it looks like um, I think I saw somewhere where maybe now, you know. Um, cash flow didn't like that, so he decided to put his title on the line and um, his other title on the line against Shira, so he can, I don't know, uh, maybe get the titles back. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. It looks like Christmas Chaos is going to be an interesting yeah. pay-per-view uh, come December. Yes, looks like this continues between Shira and cash flow. And, yeah, it'll be, you know, really interesting to see, you know, if, if that's the national title being put up. I mean, does that mean then in turn with the heavyweight title get put up as well. I mean, we've got a few weeks leading up to Christmas chaos, but um, definitely a lot going on between the two of them. So it should be really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, enough to talk about that. Let's, we're going to have a guest uh, here. You know, I'm excited to have certified Luke Curtis on. So um, Linda, why don't we just get on over to, uh, to certified Luke Curtis? All right, we're back here at the ringside podcast and uh, we have the one and only, the OVW Rushed Division Champion, Certified Luke Curtis. Certified? Hey. How you doing, buddy? That's correct. Hey, I'm the two-time champion. Two to- oh, I'm sorry. So two-time. Two two time. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. He, yeah, he, what's up? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Doing good. Yeah. Dude. It's great being back. Just chatting away about it. Busy last past couple of weeks of wrestling and busy past couple of weeks for you too, Luke. Yeah, yeah, it has been a busy couple weeks. I mean, I've been sick for a lot of it, so, I mean, it hasn't been that busy. It's been a lot of laying in bed, but, I mean, uh, you know, I still get things done from afar because, you know, I'm a boss like that, so. Exactly. <laughs> hey, that's what you got to be. So, um, let's, let's, a lot of people um, in the wrestling world kind of know a little bit about who you are. I mean, they, they obviously know your fiance, uh, one of the baddies, uh, AEW's own uh, Layla Gray, also OVW's own Layla Gray. But, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, we always, we kind of want to know the mysterious who Luke Curtis is. So, you know, we know, we, we know you're certified. We get that. But, Tell us a little bit about you. Like, where where did you get your start? Where, where your kind of your what led you to wrestling? Kind of give us a little backstory of who you are. Yeah, yeah, I'll give some give a little backstory. I know for a fact that most people in the business know who I am, whether they acknowledge that or not. I mean, that's their decision. But I mean, the wrestling business is a very small business, so I don't really give a fuck. Is there? Oh, no, uh, you can say it. you're good. You're good. Yep, you can say that. Yeah. One. So I, I don't. I don't really care. Like you know who you are, where you're from, but I know how small this business is, and I know people remember faces, and I know people know exactly who I am. So, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. how I feel about that. But where I got my start in wrestling, I mean, um, 
I've been wrestling since I was I was a kid, bro. I mean, I got my mom put me in amateur wrestling. Um, I was five years old because I was getting in fights as a kid. You know, I've been fighting my whole life. I was just an angry kid. I guess my my parents were fucking having issues, and I just you know. I, I like to fight, man. I guess that's how I was born and raised. My mom, she's a very like tough, you know, head like headstrong woman. She's gonna tell you exactly how she feels, you know, not worried about your feelings, not worried about hurting your feelings. Kind of similar to me, and I guess that's just kind of something that's transferred into me as I as I as I grew up in life. And I was getting into issues at school, and she was like, "You need an outlet," so she put me in wrestling. And um, I was, of course, like like all the kids, I was a a big WWE fan at the time. I mean, uh, John Cena was my favorite. You know, it was Dr. Thugonomics. I was a little gangster white boy. <laughs> Went to Ace Hardware, got a chain, put a master lock right. on it, was walking around. That was my stick, you know. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, um, she put me in amateur wrestling, and, and they changed all that very fast. You know, they told me that, you know, pro wrestling is fake and that, you know, this is what wrestling really is. So mm. I, I, I went through most of my life you know, I grew away from pro wrestling and I went through most of my life, you know, doing, you know, mixed martial arts and amateur wrestling and things like that until I finally ended up here today. So, but yeah, I pretty much started off amateur, amateur wrestling and then, you know, transitioned into this because of, you know, scenarios in my life and different things that have happened to get me here, you know. So, so, so elaborate a little bit about the transition because, like, you know, you've seen people in in the world of amateur wrestling or um you know or even even mma you've got you've got the kurt angles you've got the dan severins you've got the ken shamrocks the ronda rousey's uh matt riddle like we you know we could name uh, there's many more too. chad gable like you know we can brock yeah so so all these different ones brock lesnar yeah we can't forget brock all these different ones um like what is that like to go from amateur to transition to pro and like how is how did that transition come to you was it was it natural was it did it take more work like how was that like so what i'll say about going from like something like amateur wrestling to professional wrestling is that it is very fun i will say that it, there there is a lot of fun in the entertainment aspect because obviously when you're when you're doing something like amateur wrestling or mixed martial arts it's a it's a competition and it's it's man versus man see who's the bigger man and when you switch to pro wrestling you're like okay i get to be this character now in amateur wrestling and things like that you're not you're not a character you're luke curtis you go out there you put on your singlet you wrestle you win you get your fucking medal and you go home and pro wrestling you get to be so many different things you get to be this character so you first transition you're like okay i'm gonna be a pro wrestler now i'm gonna make some money doing this you go into pro wrestling and you know, you have a lot of fun, you develop a character and things like that. But I will say that transitioning from amateur wrestling or, or, or something like that type of sport to this type of sport is that you deal with a lot of people in, in professional wrestling who are not fucking wrestlers. So, I mean, I get it that people are out there and they got costumes on and they're wrestling and things like that, but they don't have the mentality of a real wrestler of a real MMA fighter of somebody who's done real combat in their life. So they have this attitude that I'm, here performing having a good time and then the respect is not there because they they haven't seen the fucking work that guys like me or guys like brock or people like ronda girls like ronda have put in for so many years of their life 
blood, sweat, and tears in a room full of people every day, three hours a day, training my whole life to wrestle. So you get into pro wrestling and people are like, oh, who are you? Like, we don't know who you are. You're not a part of this family. So there's, there's, it's fun for, for, for a season. And then it comes to a point where everybody's looking down on you and, and really wanting to kind of keep you from, from coming into their circle because you have some type of former experience or something like that. So it's, it's good and bad. It's good and bad. You got to be thick skinned and you got to just know that this is a business and that you're doing it for yourself. And, you're not here to, to make friends because ain't, ain't nobody in professional wrestling your friend. I mean, at least in amateur wrestling or mixed martial arts, you're a team and it's mano y mano and it's man versus man. But at the end of the day, you're a family and a lot of that is lost in pro wrestling, you know, because it's so, you know, money dominated. So that's the truth of it, in my opinion, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a money thing, bro. Professional wrestling is, it's about money. It's about going out there, winning and making money. Either way, bro, amateur wrestling, it's about learning about yourself, learning who you are, finding yourself. And pro wrestling, there's no time to find yourself because the sharks that are, that are in this business will eat you up, bro, while you're out there trying to figure out who you are, you know? No, so. you're, you're, you're right on that. I mean, like you, you talked about, um, I remember reading Kurt Angle's book um, and, and the, like, the intense training he pretty much, like you mentioned, it was his lot, like it was, it was it, like he got up, trained, ate, trained, you know, took a shower, trained, you know, took, you know, used the restroom, trained, like it was constantly, that was his life, you know, for, for so many years. And then it, then it was, oh, now it's, I got to double everything because I had the Olympics coming up and I got to do that, you know, so it was like, I got to go even, even more hard at what I'm doing. And, and, um, and so, yeah, so like, going from having that and you get in the wrestling pro wrestling world and they're like, wait a minute, what if you just getting in the business? You don't know what we're, what we're all about, but it's like, actually, you don't mm-hmm. know what I'm all about, you know, cause what I've been through, what I've done. So yeah, for sure. And it is, you're right. There is a, there is a, um, backbiting, uh, backstabbing, whatever you want to call it, or, or, um, aspect of the business too, as well. Um, and I think a lot, I do think that a lot of some of that's very, very old school, um, but I, I have feeling a lot of that's changed over the years, but I think there's still a little bit of that. Like I always hear and brag and love that the fact that the impact locker room is like family. We're all like, we're all in competition, but yet we're all like when they, all of us su- succeed, I feel like we have a little bit of that at OVW not as much as impact. That's not knocking with OVW. It's just, there's a lot of young guys there that don't have that experience. I can't talk about WWE or AW cause I'm not there. So I don't know uh, what that locker room's like, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there is a lot of that and you can see that a lot in the indie shows too. You go around, you can see a lot of people like, who the hell is this guy? Or what's this guy do? You know, you can see that instead of trying to root for one another. So it, um, it is a, it is an interesting business and you got to be thick skinned, as you said earlier, to be in the business period. If you're not, then it ain't going to last very long at all. And, um, and I've, it, it, it's, it's sad, but it, it's true. It's a family. I feel like professional wrestling, they try to like, you know, give off the impression that it's a family and to get into the family, you have to, it takes time, bro. You know, like literally they got to welcome you in. People got to look at you and be like, Hey, you know, this guy's not going to cause any problems. This guy's going to get along with everybody. It's things like that, that, you know, like if you're an amateur wrestler, if you're good, you're good. I mean, nobody really cares like what your attitude is as long Mm -hmm. as you have respect, you know, and here sometimes you can, you could be at fault just because you're quiet. Right. You know? And people are looking at you like, who are you? Like, we want you to be ha ha, kiki, and smiling, hugging everybody, handshaking when, you know, you're just here to do a job. 
mm-hmm. get business done. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and oh, Luke, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I just kind of want to get more into your wrestling stuff because I just learned about your amateur wrestling background and your MMA background. I mean, we see that in the ring. I mean, I didn't know, you know, how many years and what experience you had in those, but I, I, I do understand when you say you come from like an MMA background and MMA world and trying to transition into pro wrestling, it is quite a change. You did discuss some of those challenges, but um, you know, like I, I, I not, I have never competed MMA, but I personally have more of that physical experience versus any of my pro wrestling experience, which is not a lot. So I can't speak too much of that in my own in-ring experience, but I want to know while you were trying to figure you know, your own personal style in the ring, like how do you, decide like how much of my amateur wrestling background how much of my mma background do i use with some of the pro wrestling um tactics and moves that you learn um you know at the same time like how how did you come to your own if you will in the ring um so i feel like that's something that i struggled with in the beginning because i got into this and it's all i knew how to do was amateur wrestle granted of course when you come to a wrestling um school or you get in a wrestling ring for the first time you already know how to wrestle i mean you know what a choke slam is you know what a power bomb is you know these basic moves that you've seen on tv your whole life you know it's just a matter of executing them but when i got into professional wrestling i i, I used to talk to Layla all the time and i would say man i, I want to do more amateur wrestling i want to add more wrestling into my into um what i do in the ring how i get my point across and i feel like i got to the point where i realized that what you do in the ring is like kind of just indicative of who you are and who you want to be. And when I was trying to do other things besides kind of like when I go into a wrestling ring, I feel like I, I, I just do what I do. You know, it's kind of hard to explain because it's instinctual. It's if I'm in this moment right now and I'm present in this moment and this guy is down and, and he's in pain or whatever, and I put some damage on him, like, I'm, I'm going to react how I would react. Like if I'm going to kick the guy, I'm going to kick the guy the same way I would if I was in a mixed martial arts fight or, or a street fight. You know what I mean? I, it, it's just a matter of I, I feel like I had to figure out and realize that I'm trying not to give away all my secrets, you know, but also give away some of my secrets. I'm trying I, I, I had to figure out that 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 professional wrestling is just as real as everything else in, in a way. And when I was trying to play something and do things like pro wrestling style instead of just how Luke Curtis would do things, my work wasn't as as solid as it is now. Because what I've realized is that most people that are in professional wrestling can't cannot wrestle. Maybe they have other abilities that they bring to the table, which is fine because we're in a squared circle and there's a lot of things that can happen there. You don't have to be the best wrestler. You don't have to be the best fighter. You don't have to be the biggest. You don't have to be the fastest. Granted, you might be some of those things, you know, and that's kind of what makes up the whole package. But as, as far as I as far as I go, I, I could wrestle legit. I could wrestle. I could take guys down. I could kick ass. So that's what I do when I get in the ring. I say, hey, listen, if you can't fucking wrestle, I'm going to take your ass down and I'm going to wrestle the shit out of you. And I hope to fucking God that you have done something in your life to be able to survive this. Because if not, I know that I've done in mixed martial arts. I've done professional wrestling for many, many years of my life. And that and the, uh, when, it, when it comes down to at the end of the day is I'll twist you up in a fucking pretzel and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it unless you, know, you can do something about it. So 
when, when I step in the ring, the, the more realism that we add to it and the more that people can react naturally with what they do and what they bring to the table, it's going to make what I do and what I bring to the table better. But if they have nothing to offer, then then I'm just going to eat their ass up, bro. Because that's what I was taught my whole life. So why would I change that just because I got in a professional wrestling ring and this is somehow different when it's not, you know? I'm still trying to win. Well, you know, right. one of the things you've heard say many times and the most common one that, that you hear is Steve Austin. Steve Austin basically, you know, he was stunning Steve Austin. He's a great character. He's a great wrestler, did whatever. He came in as a ringmaster. It was, you know, we we the, we know we know the history. It was it wasn't good. So, but then when he became Stone Cold Steve Austin, it it worked. And why did it work? Because it was himself just turned cranked up. So what you're saying basically, in, in a nutshell, is that when you're in that ring, you're you're just Luke Curtis. You're you're just that's who you are. You're 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 yourself. You may turn it up a little bit, but you're yourself. Is that is that am I, not, am I wrong? That, no, no, you're right. That's a hundred percent correct. And really, that's the development of, of who you are in professional wrestling is, is kind of just trying to figure out yourself and figuring out how to turn yourself up. And I had those issues before I came to OVW. I didn't know who I was. And another, you know, st- speaking about, you know, Stun Steve or Stone Cold, you know, he was real big on your work needs to follow your promo. Mm-hmm. So basically what you say, you need to go out there and execute that in the ring. So if, if, if I'm certified Luke Curtis and I come out here tonight and I say, hey, I am going to kick Daniel Spencer's ass. I'm going to grab that headset. I'm going to put it around his neck. I'm going to choke him out. There better be a point in that match where I grab that headset and choke you the fuck out. Or I stay on top of you and I try to kick your ass. Because if not, I'm lying when I'm talking. And right. that's what a lot of people do not do nowadays. They come out there and they say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I am going to come in declarative and i am gonna win this pro wrestling match because i care so much about being the best but then when they get in the wrestling ring it doesn't look like you're trying to go out there and really win try to really go out there and give it your all it's not following what you're talking about if you're gonna talk like you're the man you better go out in the ring and you better be the man or ain't nobody gonna buy that shit bro and and he was the master of, of that the work following the promo very important you know and what we do 100%. 100%. Yeah, you bring that authenticity, Luke, everywhere you go. That's awesome. I try. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I have to be who I'm going to be because if not, I'm not going to be happy for one. And two, I, I think I had to realize that when I got in, in professional wrestling, I thought that having so much respect for the business, having so much respect for a wrestling ring would mean something. And I felt like it hasn't meant as much as I thought it would. It still means a lot, and the people that really understand pro wrestling can see shit like that. They can see when a guy really cares. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, they can't even notice it. What they do notice is when a guy runs his mouth. What they do notice is when a guy has something to say. So you know what? If I had if if, if I had to be the guy that ran his fucking mouth, which I have been my whole life, I'm going to do it, bro. And if people are, are going to have an issue with me, they're going to have an issue with me. But either at the end of the day, like you still got to get in the ring with these people, and you still got to do business, and you still got to work. So, I mean... Yeah, my time's gonna come. You know, I already know. Yeah. I, I already know what it is for me. You know, and 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 w- when I get there, like I I know that I did it my way with my authenticity. I didn't work a fucking character to get here, so I'm I'm gonna have the longevity that I feel like I'm looking for because I'm authentic. You know, and that's built to last. Um, what uh, you're not putting up a front. 
Go ahead. Oh, don't you go ahead. Just say just finish up. I'm sorry. I was gonna say it's it's not putting up a front. You're not trying to fake the funk for your whole life, and eventually that's gonna wear off. You know, I get up every day and I do what I do, and that's why I'm certified Lou Curtis. Leads me right to my next question. So explain to the people that are listening out there what what it means to be certified. What is certified? What it means to be certified is that I was a guy that came from nothing in life. I literally didn't have shit. Uh, just a couple years ago, you know, I had, I had, a, I, I was a mechanic before I was a professional wrestler. I was a welder an apprentice. I worked hard, learned how to work with my hands, busted my ass. It, it was, it was so hard for me to, to the, the, the pressure of, of people bearing down on me to do a normal job when that's not really what I loved. I always wanted to be an athlete. I mean, that's what I've been my whole life. That's how I identify. And I was able to take myself out of that gutter on my own, out of that hole. And today I'm, I'm self-made, bro. I, I like right now. Yeah. Okay. We're, 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 we're doing this podcast and you got me in my car and I got on a flannel shirt. I'll go ahead. I know not everybody could see me, but this is what it is. But on, on, a, on a general basis, 90% of the time, majority of the time, I am the best dressed guy in the room. I'm the best looking person in the room. I'm the best fucking wrestler in the room. And I'm one of the best talkers in the room. So honestly, I feel like being certified is, is I'm, I'm a self-made superstar. You look at me today, you, I, I could walk in any room. I walk into WWE, I walk into Impact, I walk into AEW, everybody looks at me. Like I told you earlier, motherfuckers know exactly who I am. Whether they acknowledge that or not, that's fine. But I know that when people look at me, it's undeniable that I am a superstar. And I've done it without the contract. I've done it without the backing without the funds. I've got my own backing. I've made myself somebody who's presentable and made myself the obvious choice. And when the time comes, I will be the choice because like I said, when I'm in a room, I'm, I'm the most presentable. I am the one that is, 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 is shining. I'm the star of the, of the scenario. So, so that's what makes me certified. I was able to do all this, make myself somebody without the backing, without the contract, without somebody saying, Hey, you know what? Let's give this kid a shot. I made it to where when the time comes, I will have my own shot. And that's what made me certified. You know, I, I mean, if, if you want to, and this is not a, this is not saying this was, this was anything non or scripted or whatnot, but if you want to know how right there, guys, if you listen to that and you want to know how to, how to cut a promo, that's how you do it. And that is, and again, that doesn't mean he, that's he, from the heart, it was truth. It was real. That's how you do it. That's how you cut a promo, kids. Just uh, lesson learned right there. That, that you just took everybody to school. It's it's not even it's not even that it's a it's not even that it's a promo, and it is because I am promoting myself. But I've right. thought many many times about when the opportunity comes and they say, "Hey, get up on a stage," and they say, "Hey, kid, who are you? Tell us who you are. Tell us why you deserve to be here." And I know that everybody that's going to be sitting in that room, everybody else that's getting a tryout, all these other wrestlers look at you and they think, "Oh, why this guy?" You know. Why is he the one that's getting a, the opportunity? You know, it's because I'm, I care the most because I work the, the hardest, you know, I want it the, the, the most, you know what I mean? No. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah. I will say this, and this is something that, uh, you know, you might see down the lines, there might be some video footage of this in the future, but, um, I, I mean, no firsthand, like when we would go with these, um, we did these, these summer tour, uh, and when we do the summer tour, we have a ring we take and we set up and whatnot. And I, and you were always, in your dress clothes, you're always there putting it up, t- putting the ring up and tearing it down and all the time. And you were, you know, you made sure it got done. You was, you were getting your hands dirty. Um, and, uh, there'd be times where you probably didn't need to do that. At least maybe you set it up. You didn't need to tear it down, but you did both. Um, and that was always a thing like 
certain group set it up, certain and then another group set it down. But you were always around the whole time. And again, in your dress I mean, that, clothes, sometimes in your gear. I mean, that's you know, that's yeah, and and that's just the way that I was raised in life. My grandfather and my father. You know, I was. Everybody else wants to come in here and brag about being a second generation wrestler, a third generation wrestler. Yeah, well, I was a third generation fucking AC mechanic, bro. Third generation pipe fitter welder. That's that's all I had. I didn't get to walk in here and be like, yeah, I'm a pro wrestler. Nah, bro. I'm a third generation fucking mechanic, dude. And what I learned from that is that I am the hardest worker in the room. And I was fucking an apprentice for five years, bro, learning how to weld, getting up early every day, three, four in the morning to go to a job site to work 10, 12 hours a day overnight, you know, welding, busting my ass with a hood on, sweating, dying in a hot suit with a drug problem, drinking all day. And, and I, and I made it through that into this. So when people come into pro wrestling, they talk about paying your dues or whatever it is, taking down rings, tearing rings down, bro. I started out in a little fucking warehouse in Miami, Florida with a bunch of kids. And I love those kids to death, but I was a grown ass man there. And I'm working with a bunch of teenagers trying to put up rings, tear rings down. And I was just taught that, that, that when a man is working, other men don't watch them work, man, women, it doesn't matter. When somebody's working, you go work too. It's rude. It's rude as hell to watch somebody work to watch somebody bust their ass get their hands dirty and you just stand on the side entitled thinking that oh you don't have to do anything outside of wrestling that's that's not how life should be no. you know when somebody's working you 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 go work with them but watch another man work is it's weak it's weak and it's disrespectful that's how i feel about it so i never look at people and think to myself well damn they should be doing more i i always know that i can do the most you know and that's just a mentality that i've had my whole life that's a good mentality to have, 100%. Uh, Linda, you got any questions or anything? I mean, I was just, I mean, I wanted to like find out more about this journey from Miami and then, you know, like meeting you and Layla in Louisville and just the, the, the transition, the steps to where you are. So you want, you want to hear the story? Yeah. All right. So I, um, you know, I did mix some martial arts. I trained at American Top Team in Kendall. I used to train with Yoel Romero. He's a UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. I was wrestling at the time. Um, and I got I got married. I was real young, 19, 20 years old. I had a couple kids, got divorced. Like I said, I, I picked up a drug problem. I I couldn't this is the this is the point in life I was probably like 20 years old. And um I had these things going on in my life and I couldn't afford to to do combat sports anymore so it was something that i really thought was like i had just stopped i put that on the back burner it was time to get a job man up and do what everybody else had done before me and that's what i did for a while and and i mean i would go to work you know now i I get up i go to the gym i i train i go back to the gym i train i go back to the gym i train i wrestle a show you know back then i would go to work i would drink i would go to work i would drink i would get drugs i would go to work i would drink you know and um Layla she was a bartender so I was a drinker and um yeah I would go to the bar every day and she would serve me the alcohol and I would get drunk and with my friends and we'd hang out and we ended up getting into a relationship and she's the one that wanted to be a professional wrestler not me you know I like I said I was an amateur wrestler I, I had been broken from that many 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 years ago and um 
yeah, she had like this interview that she had done in a magazine where she said, oh, uh, what, are the, what, are the, what do you want the fans to know about you? And she's like, oh, I, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I kind of still do. And um, we had probably been together for about a year and we never really spoke about the fact that I used to wrestle and that she wanted to wrestle, but I guess she got the bug at some point and she was like saying, Hey, like, I want to go to the school. I want to go to the school. I want to go to the school. And she had went a couple times and spoken to them, but not really gotten in the ring. And, um, she finally convinced me I did not want to go. I mean, it was like pulling teeth. I was, I just wanted to watch TV and eat pizza and drink beer and hang out. But she finally got me to go. And, um, yeah, I mean, after the first day, I, I, I tell people all the time when I stepped in a ring for the first time and I felt the way my feet in, left impressions in the mat. Like, I just knew that I could I could do this from the first time I stepped in the ring. And when we left training that first day, I looked at her and I told her, I said, I'm going to the WWE, you know, and I, I'm, I'm not signed to the WWE, but I have worked for them a few times. And, you know, I, I, I feel like it's cool to like think that that's the first thing I said you know after training one time and then now I have been there and I have worked for them and you know even when I started wrestling it wasn't all like uphill I mean probably for the first six months even when I was training I was still like you know doing coke on the weekends I would still hang out I was still um you know wasting my life I hadn't taken it serious and then there was almost a couple times where we probably would have quit wrestling um honestly you know, we had taken some time off a month here, month there, and it would just get easier to stay away. I mean, you're not performing yet. You're just training. And somehow we were able to stick through it. And I got sober, you know, about six months in, eight months in. And that was really the turning point, you know, the defining moment. I was able to focus on all these other things that I wanted to do, getting my body right, you know, because I'd been drinking for so many years, you know, not working out, not doing anything athletic you know, the process of getting to where I'm at now was, was a big one. And I, and I'll, you know, I'll say it here. I, I, I wasn't certified before I got in pro wrestling, you know, I've always been Luke Curtis and I've always had certain things about me that make me different than other people, but I didn't know who I was then. And I feel like being certified is kind of like, it, it came about through, you know, getting sober and, you know, finding my confidence again. And I tell her all the time, you know, I, she, you know, I've, I've gone back to who I was in high school when I was an amateur wrestler, you know, it's taken me so much back. There were so many years of my life where, you know, people that I grew up with, you know, couldn't find me. I wasn't on social media. I consider myself like a ghost, you know, I would disappear and I would just, I've always been introverted. I've always been somebody that likes my alone time and, you know, like getting in my thoughts and thinking things and, you know, um, yeah, I mean, like I, I said, you know, wrestling really, you know, turned everything around for me. I tell people all the time, wrestling is my salvation. I truly do believe that. I know that as long as I'm wrestling, I'm, I'm going to be good, you know. And, 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 and things happen for a reason in life, you know. And I feel like it took me this long to get where I'm at because I wouldn't have been able to do it before. I wouldn't have been ready mentally to, to have success, to have money. I probably would have killed myself, you know. And that's just the truth of the matter. But I've gotten to a point in life where now I can succeed. And that's why I am succeeding, you know, because it's, it's the right time. Yeah. Great to see this, the the success for you right now. I mean, you live a rising star as well. Absolutely. And, and, and the fact that you said it, I was going to say that like wrestling for sure, pro wrestling has saved your life and, you know, and, and, 
and almost like a, you know the, the analogy that I use if someone was to save your life like legit someone saves your life pulls you from you know flames or pulls you from drowning or whatever you almost feel like you I owe this person something. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're hitting it right on the head. So I know the, where you're going with So this. the fact that pro wrestling has saved your life, <laughs> now you're like, I owe pro wrestling, you know, this. Yes. Uh, yes, know? I do. I do. I do. I really have a lot of respect for, for what we do. And I know that I was talking a lot of shit earlier about the negatives of the professional wrestling business, but there are so many positives. And, um, it, it really has. It, it, it's changed my life in so many ways. And I've worked for that. It's not like pro wrestling has just gifted me anything because it does not, it, it is not forgiving. Pro wrestling does not, you know, usually lend to people's dreams and give you what you want in life. But if you work hard enough, um, there's a lot of opportunities in professional wrestling. And it, it really is, you know, a, a life changing experience. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I take it very serious, and I feel like that's why I've, ex- I've excelled in the amount of time that I have. Same as Layla, because, um, you know, this is really, like, all we got. This is our last chance to be people in life that, that matter, you know, when there was so many years of fading into, like, obligatory or mediocrity, and now we were able to be superstars. And I'm very grateful that pro wrestling has allowed me to become a superstar and that's what i want in life i know a lot of people just want to wrestle i mean i like to wrestle too but you know i want to be a superstar bro absolutely now you know you i would say i know you want to be a superstar but say you already are a superstar but i know what you're i know what you mean by that but speaking of superstars you brought her up a little bit um let's talk let's let's kind of i mean maybe we'll have her on a different time and different show but when it comes to layla you know she's out doing her thing, and I know you're proud of what she's doing right now at AW, being a baddie. And then, of course, what her what she's done at OVW the last uh, year. You, both of you all have been there. Um, what is your, you know, obviously sometimes she's on the road and you're you're not, or you're you may be somewhere and she's not. Explain that dynamic in your relationship as far as like you know when it comes to two, you know, two wrestling personalities having different schedules, but also being successful. So I feel like, okay, for example, so it's, 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 um, tonight she's at AEW dynamite, Mm -hmm. right? I'm doing this podcast with you. Where am I? Um, I, I drove her to dynamite. I'm not booked on the show. So I'm sitting in a parking lot right now doing a podcast with you. I have things that I do, you know, while she's doing something like that. So for instance, like I'll go, I'm about to go to the gym. I'm sitting in front of the gym right now. I may have already went to the gym earlier today. I might be working on, you know, business things for professional wrestling. I might be working for things online, my social media, whatever it may be. So there's a lot of times where she's on the road and, and I'll go with her um, just because that's, that's also my best friend. So it's not like, like I, we got into a relationship long before professional wrestling and you talk about owing professional wrestling something for pulling me out of like a dark space. And it's really Layla at the end of the day. She's the one that really was the driving force behind that. And, um, I'm very grateful to her, my point being. And, um, I feel like I owe her a lot because she helped me get sober and helped me become who I am today. So as far as sacrificing for her, I mean, that's never been an issue. And I, and I'm sure that that's something that like a lot of people have issues with. Mm -hmm. And 
And I mean, bro, like, let me, I'll be straight up fucking honest with you. I mean, a lot of people in wrestling, they, they give me shit for that all the time, bro. People that old school guys, former WWE guys, WWE legend, it doesn't matter who it is. They look at our relationship and people get jealous right away because they think, oh, who the fuck is this guy? He's got this hot ass girlfriend. One of the hottest girls in go pro wrestling is not even close. Um, and, and they hate on me. And people have said from the beginning that I'm going to hold Layla back. You know, they've been saying that my ego is going to hold her back. And look, here we are today, just very short amount of time in the business, only a couple of years wrestling. And she's already signed. She's already out here doing her thing. And it's because we put in all this work, all this effort to, to get where we're at. And even though it is hard at times being separate, which we've never been this, this separate in, in our whole relationship since before we got into professional wrestling, we're people that spend every single day together, every minute together. Like literally we are the same person. She is the female version. She don't talk as much shit as me, but I'm guaranteed she feels some of the same way about it. But <laughs> I mean, this is the most time that we've ever spent apart, but you know, I'm happy for her. And I've always believed that if you really care about somebody, you can't hold them back from doing what they want to do in life. So I would never be the person that's like, Hey, you know, I don't want you to go be a superstar because I'm not there at the moment. And I know that my time will come. And we, 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 you know, we're, we're, like I said, we're adults doing this. This is not like a couple of kids going out here trying to be professional wrestlers. And, you know, you don't know how long Layla's going to wrestle. You don't know how long I'm going to wrestle, but the thought process has always been, um, you know, let Layla get hot to keep me warm until I get hot to keep her warm when she cools down, you know, and this is how professional wrestling works. People have their highs and their lows. And at, the more success that Layla has right now, the more success that it will have when I do get over and she starts to cool down and I keep her hot, you know? So being two people in a relationship, it gives us the ability to grow together and get over together. If that's what we're focused on and that's what we care about. And, and it is, you know, it's not a, a battle of who's better. Um, which a lot of people think it is because they have to look for any reason to try to bring people down. So I'm sure people would love to think that at the end of the day, I hate the fact that my girl is doing more than me or succeeding more than me. It's fine because I play a big part in her success because without me, she wouldn't be here today doing what she's doing. Same with me, you know? Yeah, no, the two of you solid partnership. And I want to bring up something that both me and Daniel were, uh, present at something beautiful this summer when we were down in Asheville, where we got to see during uh, our, during the, I think it was a live show where all of a sudden we see certified Luke Kirsch. Well, we hear your music. It was right after Layla's uh, match that she won. I believe it was a, a, a women's battle Royal. Then we hear your yes, music. Yes. It was a women's right? battle Royal. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Daniel, you were in the ring. Daniel, was yeah, in the I was ring. in the ring. I actually knew about it before it happened. So because I, yeah. I had to keep her in the ring. So I like I got. Yeah, we we spoke before. about it. Yeah, yeah. Me and Daniel, we we talked about it a little yeah. before because yeah, you uh, had to make sure you kept her in the ring. Yeah, a little ahead. insight and go ahead. A yeah. little insight into that. Um, you know, she didn't know. Um, contrary to what people believe, she had no idea that I was going to propose. And, um, when I got in the ring, she actually, she actually thought I was going to attack her, you know, because I, I'm a heel. So she gets in the ring and she hears my music and she's looking at me like, 
like, oh my God, like Luke's, Luke's about to fuck me up in the ring right now, you know, but yeah, I'm giving her no, direction. Then I like, go, a ring. I'm, tell her, go to all four quarters, and, like go everywhere. Like, and that's what had her, that's what was making her nervous. She's like, why do they keep telling me to go up to the corners? Like, am I going to come up behind her and attack her? But no, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, I was very grateful that, you know, Al let me have that moment because, yeah. you know, obviously you talk about baby faces and heels. Like I'm a heel. Um, I'm, I'm just not a great guy in wrestling. I mean, people look at me and they think I'm an ass or whatever, but, um, you know, to be able to have that moment and be a good guy for the crowd for once was, you know, it, it was, it was cool. And, and I'm, I'm very thankful that Al let me use the OVW ring to have my own personal moment, you know, because I feel like that's something that like a lot of people, you know, wouldn't normally do or allow, you know, especially in pro wrestling. Cause not everybody lasts together and not everybody stays together, you know, but yeah. What, what, yeah he, what sucked about it is that we all were, all of us were crying and then you have, we have to <laughs> stick in shows. Like, I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. I was definitely one of those crying. I shed oh. a couple of happy tears there. So yeah, I mean, Obviously, said congratulations that night, but still oh, so happy. You. Hey, you made moment. you made Al cry. You made Al cry. So yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. I, I, I know. Yeah, I got I got out of pop for that. And yeah. I mean, fuck, man. I mean, it was a big deal. I mean, like it made wrestling news. Everybody was talking about it. You know, Sean Ross Sapp posted it. Everybody was was fucking talking about it. You know, so it was a lot of eyes um, on that moment, and and that was also great. And, and, and I think, um, not to say too much, but I do think that I know there was, I know video footage of that exists, and I do think eventually it's going to be out again for people to see one day. It'll be released, whether it's on the YouTube or somewhere, somewhere out there where you'll be able to see it when that all comes together. So, um, so you'll be able to share that story once again, you know, um, with, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the back pocket cards that have yet to be played are going to be very big for us. And, you know, that, that having that moment on film, the way that we caught it on film, which a lot of people don't know yet, but what they're going to see, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be something you don't get to see a lot in professional wrestling and letting people in on a personal moment. And yeah, it was, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. And how fitting, you know, for somebody like me to, you know, propose and somebody like her in, in a wrestling ring, like, because everything that it's done for us, you know, and, and there's and, so many beautiful ways to beautiful propose. Beautiful downtown but, Nashville with the skyline behind you too. I mean, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it just felt right, you know. It yeah. felt right. <laughs> and, I, and 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 not to you don't have to pull it back the curtain a little bit too much, but I'm assuming obviously you've known from a long time you were going to marry her, but like, um, or you wanted to at least, but like the um, yeah, but like, and I'm sure you were you had that you know ring kind of ready and like okay i'm gonna I, i'm gonna yeah the moment's bright when the, when it happens you know I'm, yeah maybe you hit a plan a and that ended up being plan b which turned out to be a plan a that was mine mine when i proposed mine was a plan a or plan b i was like ah, i'll go with plan a and actually it turned out it was better it turned out to be plan a after all because the plan the other plan i had wouldn't have been as good as the one i the one happened you know what i mean yeah so, it's a, it's a very similar scenario there was yeah. um a few ways <clears throat> because when we were talking about the way that it got captured on film, there was many scenarios and, and, and times when this was going to be done, but they didn't work out for how I was trying to have it recorded. So I had to really like find the time and the moment that worked perfectly. And it was like, so kind of last minute. I think I told Al the day before 
that it was going to happen. I was like, Hey Al, can we do this tomorrow in Nashville? And, you know, he said, absolutely. But it ended up being like plan C, but it ended up being the perfect thing. Exactly. It, 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 it was a hundred percent the way it was supposed to be. Wow. And, and I think that that's why it was such a great moment because it wasn't something that was overforced. It, it just happened when it happened, mm-hmm. you know? Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, no, and I'm, and, and I'm glad like it's, it's, it's amazing seeing, um, seeing you all like your relationship and what you're doing. And, um, you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, she's, she's having success. You're having success in a different way, but then there's going to be a time where you're going to have it at, a, at another level and she's going to have it at a, at a different level too. Maybe one day you'll both have it together at the same, you know, same level, who knows in the same place or whatnot. I mean, I, I guess that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Whether it'll happen or not, who knows, but us working together, that would be a dream come true because that's really where our happiness is and where our peace is, you know, it's when we're together. I mean, being a fucking pro wrestler is fun, but when we got into wrestling, it was always us over wrestling. So we know that we come first, mm-hmm. you know, and our relationship comes first before like this sport does. Absolutely. Let, let, now let's, um, you brought this up earlier. We'll kind of touch base about it a little bit, and then we'll kind of uh, have a couple other questions, and we'll kind of uh, in the night let you get to the gym. Uh, but um, one of the things you've you've got to do, I mean, you mentioned you've you've been an extra at WWE, uh, WWE Raw and SmackDown, both, right? Yeah. And have you done mm-hmm. NXT as well, or I haven't. No. Okay. Okay. I haven't worked for them guys. So you've done that. <laughs> you've done you've done some stuff at AEW. You've done some dark uh, AEW dark. Um, yeah, I've done some dark, you know, extra for WWE, extra for Impact. Yep. You know, just, you know, been around to the major companies, you know, introduced myself, made myself known, let people know who I am. That's always been my goal, you know, let people see me. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it, it was brought up recently and at, at WWE specifically, and it might have been when you were at WWE SmackDown, but, um, uh, and it got brought on, got mentioned on OVW television that, you know, different people pick out and pick out who you are and maybe talk to you. And I've been an extra before, before I was um, working with Impact, I was did some extra work. And I remember like how it is and how you're kind of in your own little closet, a little area. Then you get to go out and you people look at you and they may pick you for a spot or do this. But uh, I was under the impression that I heard a very uh, well well-known advocate looked over and wanted to see who you were and talk to you and kind of kind of um, find out more about you and kind of uh, gave you some I guess advice uh, what was that like when that advocate kind of kind of reached out to you and, and uh, you had a little one-on-one time with him well I mean being at WWE I think that a lot of guys feel like um you know, you're going to get the opportunity to get a tryout or to get signed just by staying there, being around, being an extra, or they'll throw you in a spot and say, Hey, take this bump. And, you know, um, you'll do it so good that they'll be like, Hey, come get a job. kid." But what I've realized is, is like I said earlier, you know, professional wrestling and WWE specifically too, is, is a family. And to be welcomed into that family, you have to show them that you're somebody that, can be accepted, that can work with everybody, that can be a team player. So I've always felt like since the very first time that I went to WWE that I was going to get to know as many people as possible and, like I said, make myself known and talk to people. And 
you know, at this point, I've probably been there a handful of times, maybe five times total. And I know a lot of the superstars there. You know, I, I, I go up to the guys or they come up to me even. They shake my hand. I get hugs from guys there. You know, very welcoming atmosphere. And, you know, when you have somebody, it, 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 the talent is one thing. Talking to talent is, is always a little more open. A lot of them have been where we're at. And, and so have the people that are higher up in the company. But when somebody takes notice of you that's a little higher up, somebody that maybe you thought would, would, would never notice who certified Luke Curtis is, and now they're taking the time to tell you that you have a look or that you have something or that, you know, I notice you, maybe everybody else doesn't notice you, but I notice you in this moment. It gives you kind of valid validation on, you know, the hard work that you put in. And it shows that, you know, you're on the right path. And I feel like before I just went to WWE this recent time, I, I have the same, you know, um, thought process of many people in the business. I think, am I doing the right thing? Um, should I be out, you know, maybe, um, you know, just, just working all these matches, going to all these shows, exposing myself to all these people in the business. And I've always felt like the approach needed to be, have the mystique that we talked about earlier to pull yourself back and let people wonder about who you are, where you're going, why you're doing the things that you do. So I, I try to be very picky about, about who sees me and where they see me. So, uh, you know, I, I, I take the time to pick the right opportunities that are going to work for me and help progress my career. And, you know, before I was going to WWE just recently, I was thinking, Hey man, am I doing enough? Am I putting myself out there enough? And to have somebody, at WWE that's on like a very high level, you know, take notice of you. Like I said, it gives validation that, you know, you are doing things the right way and that if you just keep putting in the work, you will end up where you want to be, you know? And, and I feel like that's the, the main thing I got from that. Whether anything comes from it farther or not doesn't matter because I know that in my mind, I'm on the correct path because, you know, this person has taken notice of me and they see that I have the potential to be somebody in this business which is really what I'm trying to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, different people I know, I've, I've heard you've had, um, which we, I mean, we've all on this, on this podcast, have had deep conversations with Al Snow, but, um, you know, you've had conversations with Al Snow. You've done some, some interesting take and critiques from Doug Basham and, and learning and whatnot. Um, and, and other guys in the business I could probably, you know, name or whatnot, but, you know, what is that like when you're get to interact with these people that has done so much in the business, you know, have been where they're at or, or where they or been successful, I guess, or maybe still successful, you know, is that something that, you know, you, um, when you take, take their advice or listen to them, is that something you say, Hey, I want to add this to, to, to Luke Curtis and run with it. Or is that something you like, you know, how do how do you handle that? What What's your, what's your take on that? I mean, yeah. So like, you know, being at OVW now is a little different because the fact that we do our weekly television, I've kind of had a place that I can call my home and I can kind of hunker down and, and focus on OVW. So I spend a lot of time at OVW now and a lot of time with Al Snow. Yeah. So we could talk about Al in a minute, but as far as like other people that I've touched in the business, guys like Rodney Mack, Booker T, Mark Henry, you know, Kevin Sullivan, um, Man, there's so many guys. Jerry Lawler. There's so many guys in this business that I've talked to, Ricky Morton, um, and connected with. And, I, I, you know, when guys come to me for help or they come to me for advice, 
or I just am, am giving knowledge to maybe one of the newer guys. I always have all these people in my career that I've touched. And I feel like that's made all the difference for me talking to the Booker T's and, you know, talking to the Rodney Max and learning from them and getting knowledge from them and doing seminars and things of that nature. Um, Jerry Lynn, Mikey Whipwreck. Um, these guys have imparted so much knowledge from me and I've taken knowledge from so many people that when I came to OVW, like, yes, I was very raw and I didn't have like a great direction, but I had so much knowledge from so many different people in this business who have already succeeded, already done legendary things that it, it, it it's kind of what Linda was at talking about earlier about how you develop what you do in the ring and the MMA and, and the wrestling is a part of that. But so is also imparting the knowledge from the previous generation because they've already know what works and they've already done what works. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're, when you, when these guys are teaching you a style or teaching you something to do in a professional wrestling ring or psychology or how you should move and act, you know, I've taken that very serious and I've tried to apply as much as that as, as I can, you know? Yeah. And when I got to Al, um, you know, Layla and I, we, we were watching Tough Enough a lot um, when we started wrestling, you know, the, the, the early beginnings of, of Al. And I always said to myself that, um, you know, if I could just meet Al Snow one time, like I would be very grateful. I felt like he was my second trainer from afar. And I told him that when I met him, I said, hey, Al, I said, this is going to sound weird, but I feel like you, you've almost trained me in a way just from watching YouTube videos and being able to work with him for him now and, and get his knowledge like on a weekly basis has it, it's it's made me who I am today. Like I I wouldn't be who I am without Al Snow, you know, guiding me and directing me and, yeah. and how to be and how to behave. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean it it's um <clears throat> he's he's got like, such a great mind and we you know we put him over on this show many times, but it, it's amazing um the things that uh you know, he, he tells you the psychology and the whatnot and the business. I mean, he's he's done it for so long and he's trained so many people that it's you know it's uh, um, it, it's 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 mind blowing that the the stuff he and you're like, why don't people just get it? I mean, it's like you know, I, I why don't why don't everyone in the business understand this? But yeah, it's wild. Uh, it's because it's 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 easier said than done, you know. Because true. I feel like I feel like what's helped me the most with Al is he's just you know taught me to go out there and be myself. And I feel like being yourself and the rawest form of who you are is the hardest thing to portray. It's a lot easier to portray that I'm a fucking you know a boat captain or something or a fucking you know a welder. Or well, I am a welder, but, you know, a ba- a baker in the ring, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, being able to just really focus on who I am and bring out who I am has has made all the difference. So, um, um, couple couple last questions here. One of the things I want to, you know, you've had, you know, you've you you've mentioned uh, you've wrestled. Well, you've wrestled all your life, but as far as professional wrestling, just a few years in. What are some of the? Is there any? You know, I don't want to say your favorite match. We can do that if you want to say it, do it like that. But what what are some of the marquee like matches you've had over the last couple of years that kind of stand out? Hey, this is this is my this is cert, this is my certified moment. This is it. Let's put a stamp on that um, of 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 these uh, matches you've had. Well, I feel like you know the the work that I've done before I got to OVW. I'm not. You know, it is what it is, but I'm not super proud of it. I feel like the work that I'm doing right now, currently, week to week, is my best work. And, you know, 
OVW television is, is where I get to be the most certified and do what I do on a weekly basis. And I just feel like right now, like if you were to tune into OVW television and you see me in the ring, like you'll see what being certified is all about because I'm at my best right now for where I'm at. I'm not saying I'm not going to get better, but right now, you know, like I've been in the ring with Carlito, you know, I've wrestled Carlito and, you know, it was very early in my career and I wish that I could do it again. You know, there's so many guys now that I, I wish that I could step in the ring with now that I have so much more knowledge of, of how to do this correctly. Right. And, uh, but yeah, right now, as far as where my work is, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm peaking right now. And, you know, this is the time to watch certified Luke Curtis. No, yeah, you made you a good... two time. Oh yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. You... I was going to say, Luke, you are the two time OVW rush division champion. Tell us exactly what that rush division title means to you. Oh, well, I mean the rush title, it, it means a lot to me because for one, it's a championship at OVW. And just the fact that I'm able to, you know, be a champion at OVW means a lot to me. And I feel like I've elevated that, that championship above all the other championships in the company. I mean, yeah, OVW has a national champion and it has a heavyweight champion, but I feel like the eyes are on certified Luke Curtis. I'm the most boisterous, boisterous. I, you know, I dress the nice, I, I, I appear the most as a superstar and, and I, I do things with the championship to, to give it credibility. I mean, I'm legit and I travel all over with the championship. I defend it in other States and right now, I've, I feel like I've made the Rush Division Championship the championship at OVW to the point where, you know, at one point, maybe it was just a cruiserweight championship, but now I'm wrestling heavyweights. You know, they're putting me in the ring with, with, with whoever they can think of because, you know, it, 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 it warrants more. I've, 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 wa- I've made it warrant more to where you don't just want to see certified, in the Luke Curtis, certified Luke Curtis in the ring defending the Rush Championship against cruiserweights. No, you want to see him defend this championship against everybody. Because this is the championship, and I am the champion of OVW. And that's why I say that in my promos, because it's true. And that's what I tell you about the promo following the work. If I go out there and I say that this is the championship of OVW, and I am the champion of OVW, I better work that way so people believe that and understand that. Because that's how I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you could see that in your in in your work and your promos and things like that too. One of the things I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on you said earlier. You mentioned, you know, I'm at my best. I'm not saying I'm gonna get better. I, I think you know, what you can say because I do from a, from from a referee standpoint too. I may be at my best right now, but I know that in three years from now, I want to say I'm at my best then because I'm gonna be better than I was, you know, three years prior. So, absolutely, yep. you're at your best, but. Come, come one year, two years from now, you're going to look back and say, "No, I'm at my best. That that was, I thought that was my best, and that was my best. That was my best right then. But this is my best." And, right and now, I already, you know? and I, I already know that, and I tell people all the time: if you look at who I was two years ago, and you look at who I am today, you'll see a completely different person. And I guarantee, fucking to you, in two years from now, you will see another completely different person because I'm a hustler, and I've already proved to myself that I can make transformations and that I can change. So that's what I'm going to continue to do. Yeah, absolutely. you know, it's almost a guarantee. It's almost a guarantee. It's almost a given in my mind that who you see in one year, two year, three year, four year, five years from now is going to be a, a better version of myself. So um, that kind of leads me to my to my pretty much last question here, unless Linda's got something else to add. But where so we know your obviously your goal is to be 
WWE superstar, and and I believe you're going to be that one day. So it's not not that it's just a matter of when. But what would be in the next year? We've got 2023 coming up. A lot's going to happen. We get a lot. Of, with some things we know about in the pipeline coming out going to be going to be released or whatnot. Some of the things we know at the beginning of the year, but. What are what are your goals for the for one year from now? When we go look back at the holidays of next in twenty twenty three. What what are the Luke, what are goals for certified Luke Curtis in twenty twenty three? Well, I I really want to be bigger than professional wrestling. Um, pro wrestling is cool, but I want to start an apparel company. Um, that's kind of what I see for myself. You know, um, certified Luke Curtis and being certified is going to be something that I'm looking to brand and something to grow. And I feel like, you know, the certified brand is going to be something that makes me a lot of money in my life. something that, that gives me kind of an icon status. So that's really what I'm, what I'm working for and going towards. Um, I, I want it all, bro. Honestly, at the end of the day, I want it all. And, um, you know, having you, you talk about the, the owing professional wrestling something and you know the fact that it changed my life it, it, it's made me it's made me realize that when i get what i want nobody's going to take it from me so i i feel like i'm very very close to to kind of soaring into exactly where i'm trying to go with my career and my life in general and 2023 is going to be major major steps um i'm going to take major steps to getting closer to to my goals you know which is to be the greatest. I want to be talked about like the flares and the Cena's and the rocks and the Austin's and anybody that's about Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, guys that are on top of the business right now. I want to be in the conversation with those guys, yeah. you know? So that's what I'm working for. And you know, it's not always a one day thing, but it's, it's my main goal and my main focus. And that's what I push for and strive for. And if you don't see it in 2023, you'll see it in 2024 or 2025 or 2026. And it might take four years, five years, six years, seven years, 10 years, but guarantee you throughout the time there, there will become a time when people are like, man, this certified Luke Curtis guy has been doing this shit for a while. And this guy is good. And this guy is cool. And this shit is sticking. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be amazing, bro. It's going to be amazing. And I've believed, I've always believed in getting over the long way. And not necessarily whoring myself out every opportunity that I can. And if I got to go international and I got to go other places first to get where I want to go, I'm going to do it because I'm going to be, I'm going to be somebody to be remembered inside of professional wrestling and outside of it. I mean, in 2022 alone, just the elevation and so lots of good stuff happening for you. Luke. Lots of good stuff happening. And, it may have not all come to fruition yet, but a lot of the work has been done. We've already done a lot of the groundwork. We've already put in a lot of the effort. So it's just that we're playing a waiting game now. And, you know, <laughs> it's it's going to be amazing. You know, 2023 is going to be a very, very, very amazing year for Certified Luke Curtis and for Layla Gray. So yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it, honestly. Very, very, very excited for what's to come. And, you know, I'm a chip on my shoulder type of guy and just to be able to rub it in people's faces. And I know there's so many, so many people in, in this sport that do not want to see me succeed. And I cannot wait to just a lot of people say like it doesn't you know, it might not change anything, may not make you feel better. But oh, when I get to the point where I just know that I have what I have, it's going to make me feel so good because that's just the way I am. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know it makes me happy. 
I'm, I'm glad that we're going to be a part of the ride um, for sure. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. Um, you know, want to thank you for coming on um, to the show. I mean, uh, you know, we appreciate it. Where um, let us know, let everybody know where they can follow you on the social media, in Twitter, Instagram, even if you even on the Facebook. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at certified underscore Luke Curtis. This is probably my most active platform, but you can also follow me on Twitter for you know the IWC universe, the underscore Luke Curtis. And if you want to watch some matches, just go on YouTube and type in certified luke curtis and they'll all come up right there ready to grow and i've actually just you know put a little more effort into my youtube and getting more current up-to-date stuff on there so everything that's on there is is up to date and it is my current work and i feel like it is my best work so if you want to see the best of certified luke curtis currently just go to youtube and check it out all right do that guys and uh, you'll be very entertained he's uh he is entertaining on social media uh, for sure, but definitely you'll be entertained in those matches. Uh, again, Luke, thank you for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, and um, you got a big match this week. You got a couple big matches this week. Uh, this is going to air. This is going to air. If you're listening to this right when it drops, then you know that you've got a rush division title defense uh, against uh, Cal Hero. And then um, then later this uh, which I will be, Which I will be winning. So, yes, it's a rush division title defense for some reason, which I never gave him, but it's fine. Cal's all right. I don't like him that much, but I got to wrestle Cal on Thursday, and then I got to wrestle Cal on Saturday. Right, Blizzard Brawl. Yeah. Yeah, big main event, and it's cool because um, I'm stepping in the ring with Al Snow, Doug Basham, you know, so, and, and, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're on the other team. So, to be able to, you know, beat the shit out of Al Snow and Doug for a little bit is going to be, oh, it's going to make the whole year worth it. It's like my Christmas present, just being able to beat those guys up for a little bit. So, <laughs> All right, you heard it here first, so go check it out. Tickets available on all those events uh, at ovwrestling.com and then at Blizzard Brawl. Uh, you can go to blizzardbrawl.com and get tickets for that. And, then, of course, check out uh, Luke Curtis on OVW Television on Fight TV and then he gave him social media to check out all of his stuff because he's not just OVW. He gets around too, as he said. Uh, you can see him other places. Uh, again, thank you, Luke, for coming on. We appreciate it. Um, and um, you got anything else you want to plug or say before we exit out? No, I think that's it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you know the the opportunity. I don't do a lot of these, so it's been a lot of fun. You know, I like talking to people that I know, and people that I like. So you guys made the cut. <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, you can get us on the podcast avenues: Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, TuneIn Radio app, or the Apple Podcasts, as well as just RingsidePodcast.com. We're on the social media at the Twitter, the Instagram, and the Facebook at Ringside Podcast. Individually on Twitter, I'm at Daniel Spencer. I'm at Linda K. Twenty two. All right, and again, we we thank our guest Luke Curtis, certified Luke Curtis, two time OVW Rush Division Champion, and as he stated. Uh, he's he's didn't give a prediction. He gave a spoiler. He's going to maintain that Rush Division title this week against Guy Hero. So he will continue to be the Rush Division champion, OVW Rush Division champion, ongoing. So um, so yeah, yeah, be checking checking him out everywhere. You can uh, follow him on all the platforms and follow Layla Gray too as well. And check out what she's doing in OVW as well as AEW. Uh, so um, thanks for listening. As always, in the meantime, between time, and until next time, you can catch us ringside. See ya.